0: Ontario pharmacists I was shocked by this. This is a global news report that caught my eye yesterday and I said to Chris, "Whoa. Have you heard about this?" Uh, he had not heard about it. I had not heard about it. Thankfully, we've got a lot of fantastic reporters working for Global News and they looked into it and sure enough, pharmacists are not considered frontline healthcare workers. I had no idea. I just assumed if you're working, you know, in the medical system, uh, you know, pharmacists are doling out important medicine and information on a daily basis to us, that you would be a frontline healthcare care worker. Not so much. And they're also not considered, or they are considered essential workers, though. Justin Bates joins us right now. He's chief executive officer at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Justin, welcome to the show.
1: Good morning, and thank you for having me on your show.
0: One of the things that I find um, really sobering about this is that pharmacists are dealing with a lot of people, especially because of COVID-19 and especially because doctor's offices, you know, a lot of them have closed down. Uh, People don't know where to go. They know that their pharmacists have a lot of information and they could be heading into pharmacies and they might be symptomatic at the time. How concerned are pharmacists because they don't have the proper uh, personal protective equipment?
1: Well, Thanks for the question Kelly and absolutely we uh, are at the front lines pharmacy professionals across Ontario there's 20,000 and 50,000 across the country are doing everything they can to safely manage patients and there are some concerns without question uh, as it relates to the lack of access to the personal protective equipment Um, it's no no doubt that other healthcare professionals are facing the same shortage Uh, we know there's a global shortage of supply and we are working with government uh, and other stakeholders to ensure that the appropriate supplies, the the type of PPE, gets in the hands of the frontline healthcare providers. It's one of the reasons why we're advocating for pharmacy professionals to be designated as essential healthcare providers so that we have priority access to the PPE of the government stockpile. But in the interim, we uh, have to look after our frontline healthcare providers. So at the Ontario Pharmacy Association... We've managed to procure supply from a vendor, although it's limited um, and prioritized to Ontario pharmacists. Um, We're doing everything we can to ensure that they have the equipment so that they can continue to remain open and serve their patients.
0: What kind of equipment do uh, pharmacists need?
1: Well, we looked at that and we developed some tips and best practices with our other pharmacy uh, associations across the country. And I think based on the best practices, There's a number of measures being implemented at the store level. You see this across uh, other businesses that are remaining open as well with plexiglass, uh, creative uh, and innovative solutions to serve patients at curbside, also looking at things like drive-through, mitigating the influx of patient traffic into the store by flexing your hours for certain vulnerable populations like seniors, uh, having a specific window time frame for them to enter the store, also making sure that if you are sick you do a self-assessment there's posters at the door uh, of each pharmacy to understand if you are symptomatic but there are services that the pharmacies offer in order to deliver those medications to your home so if you're sick stay home call your pharmacy and in terms of the actual equipment um, we appreciate that the n95 masks which provide greater protection against covid 19 when you have close proximity to a patient should be prioritized to physicians Nurses, and particularly for those staff in long-term care homes. So what we're procuring and what we're advocating for in terms of supply is the surgical masks, um, the disposable surgical masks, procedural gloves, as well as the protective face shields. And in some cases, if you are injecting a patient or you're touching or very close within the two-foot radius of a patient, a gown may be necessary. There's a lot of staff at a pharmacy that are at the back, Um, So we would not prioritize them with masks. There's other mechanisms like the plexiglass shields that will protect them. But if you are staff as an assistant, a technician, pharmacy technician, or a pharmacist counseling a patient on their medications, then you should have the surgical masks.
0: What are they injecting?
1: Well, in many provinces, pharmacists have the scope uh, and the authority to inject a number of different medications. In Ontario, flu shots uh, would be one example. Uh, and certainly, in this particular time, we're advocating to government for an increased or advance of the practice so that pharmacists can take care of patients who may be dispersed from other closures or a burdened healthcare system. So, I'll give you an example where, you know, some clinics and physician offices have closed. Physicians are either doing virtual care or they're offering their assistance in other parts of the healthcare system like palliative care. So we are, as pharmacy, one of the most accessible healthcare providers. We have 4,600 points of care, if you will, in our footprint in the province of Ontario alone. So patients come to uh, pharmacy as a community-based health care provider. And we do provide things like medication reviews. There is uh, prescribing authority in many of the provinces so that patients won't go without their medications. Uh, and there's a number of uh, other services that we provide. So we're not... Just dispensing medications—that's a core part of what we do. But we also provide a number of community-based primary care services.
0: I want to talk about uh, the role that uh, pharmacists have in in um, filling prescriptions for people. Um, Apparently, you were uh, giving three-month supplies, and that's that's as far ahead as you would go. Have you rolled that back? Because we're hearing about drug shortages. Where are we as far as drug? supply is concerned and um, and the, the protocol for pharmacists to prescribe um, monthly?
1: Thanks for the question and it's a really important one to understand the rationale behind where most provinces now have moved with implementing a 30-day limit on medications. So from day one of the pandemic, we worked with our supply chain partners, the manufacturers of the medications to the distributors and wholesalers to understand what the trends were. We have had drug shortages increasing in their occurrences over the last several months and years uh, due to a number of global and domestic uh, challenges. But what happened in the early days of the pandemic is that there were a number of patients that were either early filling their prescriptions or stockpiling in terms of getting more than three months supply. So that put a strain on the supply chain. So in order to protect and maintain the supply chain, to ensure that all patients have and continue to have access to their medicines. It was felt it was important to ration that to a 30-day supply. This is a temporary measure, and we understand that there are some inconveniences with this. But we have to balance, as pharmacy leaders and as protecting the supply chain, we have to balance the inconvenience with the reality that there are drug shortages. And we're starting to see now some increased uh, risk with things like insulin Uh, Inhalers, particularly related to uh, COVID-19, hydroxychloroquine, we've heard about that as an anti-malaria drug. So we feel that it's very important that uh, this policy be maintained uh, as long as it needs to be. We will still allow for pharmacists to use their professional judgment as they do every day. So there are certain circumstances where a patient will still receive a larger quantity. But in the vast majority of cases, it will be a 30-day supply.
0: And I know that the provinces said they're going to get really tough on people that price gouge. So I'm, I'm assuming that medications are staying at, at the uh, the cost that they were before COVID.
1: Yeah, we, we completely agree and appreciate the financial burden that COVID nineteen is placing on all communities, and particularly within the healthcare system. So no patient should have additional financial burden uh, due to this policy. Pharmacists work every day to ensure medi- medication gets to the right patient. And part of that within our ethics, uh, code of ethics, is to never pass on unreasonable costs to the patients. Um, We're not increasing prices, but there are uh, two additional dispenses over what would normally be a three-month supply. So it's one of the reasons that we're urging the Ontario government to follow the lead of some of the other provinces to step in and provide financial relief to all of the Ontario drug benefit recipients, those on social assistance, seniors both high and low income, to cover the copay, the additional copayment, that cost-sharing mechanism that's in place for um, patients on the public drug program, so that would be basically picking up the cost between the second and third dispense. Therefore, there would be no additional financial burden to uh, to patients.
0: Paul, I want to thank you for your time today, or Justin, rather. I want to thank you for your time today. Uh, It's been very informative, and I wish we had more time to talk, but I hope that the government hears the plight of pharmacists, because it's a no-brainer. If pharmacists get sick and their staff get sick, then those pharmacies close down, and you are an essential service. Thank you so much.
1: Appreciate the time, and stay safe.